Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we are entering the final chapter of the final chapter. That means we're in the final chapter of the Bible, Revelation chapter 22, where the final chapter about this creation's passing away and the establishment of the new is written down in God's inspired word. Pastor Jim will spend this week and next explaining what this chapter reveals and what we should understand about this. I don't think it's possible, but if you'd like to exercise your brain this week, here's my challenge. As you listen to what Revelation reveals about this new heaven and new earth, try to imagine this place, a place where there is no more sin, no more struggle against evil, sickness, starvation, and death, no more protecting ourselves from those who would harm or steal from us. The truth is, We have little capacity to fathom such an existence because life within the devastating impacts of sin is all we know. But we can take God's word for it. This will be a wonderful place and a wonderful existence beyond our imagination. Here is today's slice of the message entitled, A River Runs From It. This is really interesting because part of the description of the new heaven and new earth we saw back in chapter 21 is that there is no longer any sea. And remember, this new city is cubic in form, so this is a whole new kind of existence that we don't relate to. There will no longer be the hydrological cycle that we are so accustomed to, which plays a huge role in the seasons as we know them that are now triggered by the tilt of the earth's axis as we orbit the sun. But there's going to be seasons and there's going to be, well, perfect seasons all the time. So this river of the water of life is obviously more than just a river as we know it. As we think of rivers, they are part of that great hydrological cycle of precipitation, snowfall, snowmelt, rainfall washing through the rivers down to the oceans, evaporating into um, into the atmosphere and the cycle continuing. But this is going to be different. This is the water of life. And it comes directly from the throne of God and of the Lamb, and it is in the middle of the street. That's not like any river you have ever seen, but New Jerusalem is not like any city you've ever seen. The new heaven and new earth is not like any place you've ever seen. You have to try to imagine it from the majestic descriptions that are here, but realize it's beyond whatever we could think of. Now, there's no reason not to think of it as a literal river, but obviously it has symbolic meaning beyond being a literal river since it is described as the water of life or the water which is life. It represents constant, never-ending flow of eternal life which flows from God to every inhabitant of heaven. It is clear as crystal because 
There's no such thing as any kind of impurity in heaven. And by the banks of the river, banks plural, so all along this whole river of the water of life is the tree of life. Now, you've heard of the tree of life more recently than anybody who hasn't been studying Genesis and then Revelation, because the, God, the, the tree of life was originally placed by God in the Garden of Eden. When man chose to disobey God, he lost his access to that tree. And remember, God placed angels, cherubim, that, that high rank of angels, and a flaming sword at the entrance of the Garden of Eden to keep Adam and Eve from having a chance to get back into the garden to get to the tree of life once they were expelled. Now, apparently in the New Testament, or in the New uh, Jerusalem, I should say, there is a veritable forest of the tree of life. And these trees are unlike any trees you've ever seen. These trees bear fruit every month, and get a load of this, a different fruit each month. Where we were this week, there's a big f- bunch of fruit stands, and we stopped by, and you know, well, what's in season? Well, this time we scored apricots. Maybe next time it'll be peaches. You always got to get what's in season. Well, every month your tree will just grow a different fruit. Is that cool or what? It doesn't say specifically about eating the fruit of life, but that's clearly implied. That's what fruit is for. It's for eating. The further implication, which matches the reference to the tree of life in Genesis, is that eating this fruit is apparently what sustains immortality or what brings immortality. Back in Genesis 3, we read this at the end of chapter 3. Then the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become like one of us, knowing good and evil, in that now that man has fallen, he has experienced rebellion like uh, Satan experienced rebellion, and I have seen that. He says, And now, lest he stretch out his hand and take also from the tree of life. Remember which tree he took from? He wasn't supposed to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. He said, now lest he also reach out his hand and take from the tree of life and eat and live forever. Therefore, the Lord God has sent him out from the garden of Eden to cultivate the ground from which he was taken. So he drove the man out and at the east of the garden of Eden, he stationed the cherubim and the flaming sword, which turned every direction to guard the way to the tree of life. Now, this might sound a little bit far off to you. That's because it's far off to you. You've never been in the Garden of Eden. You haven't yet been in the New Jerusalem. But apparently it was an act of grace that God barred fallen man from the tree of life when he was in sin. The implication is that if Adam had eaten from the tree of life at that time, he would have lived forever. In other words, he would have been confirmed in his fallen state forever. So now, when you are redeemed, when sin is no more, when sin and death have been thrown into the lake of fire, and you are with God in His presence, you eat freely from the fruit of the tree of life. Now, there's a further benefit from this tree. Notice it says, and the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. Now, first, it's interesting that there will still be nations 
in the new heaven and the new earth. That tells us in sort of a backhanded way, something that we looked at a little bit last time, that in heaven we will not lose the identities by which we know each other now. No indication that we are just amorphous blobs in heaven. We are individuals, we are fully recognizable, and we are uh, still with national and ethnic identities, even national identities. So people from all nations will be there. They will be redeemed. At the end of chapter 21, it says, the glories of the nations are brought to this city. But there will be no more barriers, no more exclusiveness based on politics or culture or race or language. And somehow, the leaves of the tree are part of God's provision to make it all work for His glory in heaven. Now, the rest of the description of this tour that John got rounds out the picture painted by John's words when he saw this city. Look at verse 3 with me. And there shall no longer be any curse. And the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, that is, in this city. And his bondservants shall serve him, and they shall see his face, and his name shall be on their foreheads. Remember, in the book of Revelation, having a name or a symbol on your forehead implies ownership. You take the mark of the beast, you condemn yourself uh, to hell, to the lake of fire. You have the, the servants of God are marked with the, uh, the mark, the seal that God puts on them, so that's a way of talking about ownership. You will belong to God. Verse 5, And there shall no longer be any night, and they shall not have need of the light of the lamp nor the light of the sun, because the Lord God shall illumine them, and they shall reign forever and ever. Now, it appears from several descriptions, and last week as a congregation we read from Isaiah 65, one of the descriptions, that during the thousand-year reign of Christ on earth, the millennium, we're already past that now in the book of Revelation, but during that time, apparently many aspects of the curse that we read about in Genesis 3 will be lifted from the earth. There will be harmony restored to nation. The lion will lie down with the lamb. That doesn't happen today. Just ask about people that raise sheep that are talking about the wolves being reintroduced in this area. There won't be animals preying on each other. It says the child can play at the mouth of the den of the viper and be in no danger. People will live hundreds of years as it was in the beginning prior to the, uh, the, the flood and the fall of man. But for all those things that will be made so much better about this earth during the millennium, it will be made completely perfect in the new heaven and the new earth. It says simply, there shall no longer be any curse, nothing at all. It's back to where, remember when God created the heavens and the earth? And in six days, he fashioned it into what we see, only we've never seen it except after the fall. And he says that God looked at everything that he had made and behold, it was very good. This will be very good 
in the sense of perfect for eternity. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.